Hello everyone, this is the Connected Family Podcast, episode number 25. This podcast is produced by Connections Family Counseling, LLC, a group counseling practice located in Quincy, Illinois, that helps build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. My name is Mark Vanderlei, and I'm your host. Today's episode is all about how to help your stressed out child. I hope you enjoy the discussion, and I hope that it offers some helpful pointers and tips as you navigate this stressful and difficult time. Here now is episode 25 of the Connected Family Podcast. Thank you for joining me on the Connected Family Podcast. Today we're gonna be talking all about how to help your stressed out child. Our children are living in a culture full of stress. Um, There's pressure to be involved, pressure to be the best, and pressure to fit in. And in more recent times, even in this time of the pandemic, pressure and stress about, am I going to get sick? What's going to be happening with school? And not being able to see their friends. I've certainly encountered with my own children the stress that is caused by having less interaction with their friends um, and not being able to connect with them in a really great way. So, So many people, many researchers are saying that kids these days are living in a time of more stress than ever before. And so we're experiencing a lot of that where kids are showing symptoms of stress in in ways that parents never expected. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what stress is, the different types of good stress, and even bad stress, and then what you can do as a parent to help your child manage that stress. So psychologists define stress as the demand made on an organism to adapt, cope, or adjust. It's the demand, it's that thing that's gonna push someone to adapt, cope, or adjust, to change, to move someone in a different direction. And when we think about stress in this way, it's easy to think about how we live in an ever-changing world and having the ability to adapt at a young age will be really, really helpful for our young children. And so giving them some of the skills and, and parenting in a way that helps them helps them to develop the ability to adjust can be really helpful. Now, as I said, psychologists differentiate between good stress and stress. So good stress is called eustress, and eustress is the type of stress that propels one forward to accomplish the next stage of development or to learn a new and exciting skill. Eustress can be exciting and motivating, whereas stress can be overwhelming, debilitating, and pervasive. So, Eustress. What types of things and what do I think of when I think of eustress? I think of all those things that we can help our children to experience that propel them to a new level of developmental growth. My wife and I often talked about how it seemed like with our children when they were much younger that whenever we went on vacation or were away from our home for quite a a period of time, a week or two, that we would come home and all of a sudden they would jump up in a developmental level. They would learn this new skill that seemed to be a whole new stage of development. And as we read and learned and began to think about this, we became, we kind of came to the conclusion that although this time away from home, often for us was vacations, was really positive and enjoyable, that it was also probably stressful. Um, there were new things, new people, new experiences, and that you stress would propel our children 
new experiences, new things, and new people would propel the children to a whole new developmental level. I think about this when I think about them going to school. What does a teacher do? A teacher gives them an assignment, a task, a book maybe, that challenges the child to go one or two steps beyond what they're presently capable of. Teachers call this the zone of proximal development, meaning in this zone of development, kind of towards the high end of that zone, are the things that are going to be challenging for the child and are going to push them to the next level. At the low end are the things that are they've already mastered and they already know how to do and may not challenge them as much. So to read books that are a little bit more difficult than their grade level are going to push that child to the next level of reading. I think of the same concept with exercise. The best way to improve your conditioning is to run. And how do you get better and better at running? Running or you know any type of exercise, right? I'm using running as an example is to run just a little bit longer than you did the day before. Um, I'm a runner, and when I, I had, I've started trying to run many, many times over the course of my life, and I would always get frustrated because it hurts so much. And I've often said this to people, that, oh, I just hate running, it just hurts so much. The reason for that is because I would start out running, and I'd go out one day, and I'd run a mile as fast as I could, or I'd really push my self to run a mile. The next day, I was so incredibly sore. Well, I had overstressed my body. I had pushed myself way beyond what I had been training for. And so the next day, I could hardly even move. Well, eustress, in the, con in the context of exercise, is where we're going to push ourselves just a little bit beyond what we are already capable of. So a few years ago, I tried a different approach to running. And I started out by walking 10 minutes and then just running as long as I could um, at, as what felt good to me. And that started out as about 13 minutes. So I walked 10 minutes, ran 13 minutes. And then every day that I ran, I just added 30 seconds onto that 13 minutes of running. And eventually, I was running for an hour or more. And after about six months, I think it was nine months, six to nine months, I ran a half marathon, which is 13 miles, and just little by little, improving my conditioning and running a little bit further each day. And we can use that same concept with helping our children in regards to this idea of eustress, helping them to experience good stress that pushes them to achieve the next developmental level. Another example I think of is learning to tie your shoes. If I tie my shoes for my children every single day, um, because I don't want them to experience the stress or because it's faster and we're running out the door, which sometimes we do that, let's just be real, um, then they probably will never learn to tie their shoes because they'll never have gone through the experience of doing it. And so sometimes when we have the appropriate amount of time and when we're not running out the door, I think it's good to allow our children to struggle with things like tying their shoes. It takes so much longer than we want it to and can be incredibly frustrating for us um, but it helps them to develop those skills, hand-eye coordination, the fine motor skills that are required for using, uh, using their hands to learn how to do that. And sometimes it's really frustrating for our kids and it's very difficult for us to watch them struggle through that frustration. Well, allowing them to experience that frustration is what, what pushes them to be able to develop that. I think of this with my young children when they were really young, they would always want to climb up the wrong side of the slide. And 
allowing them to do that challenged themselves and would push them to that new place of growth. That's good stress. One step, pushing yourself one step beyond what you're presently capable of. Then there's stress or bad stress. That is the stress that is overwhelming, debilitating, and pervasive. That's the stress that causes us to not do so well in school, to maybe feel depressed, to have a hard time sleeping, to be overwhelmed, to um, have difficulty in our relationships. And so what are the things that that parents can do to help their children if they're experiencing this bad stress? One, self-efficacy expectations. We can instill in our children a sense of you can do it. And this can be done by supporting our children through those things that are challenging, but being around, being there to help them, encourage them in this new skill or hobby. Take tying their shoes is the perfect example of if we're there, supporting them through that process of tying their shoes, not doing it for them, but encouraging them, helping them, and walking them through it, they can take that experience of distress and move forward. A new math problem or a difficult and new concept in math challenging themselves to read harder books, having them read the book to you, being very patient with them as they stumble and read slowly over the new new words that they're learning, encouraging them and helping them to figure out those words as you move forward with them. And just the idea that you believe they can do it as well. I love this concept um, where I want to understand or be careful or thoughtful about the implied messages that I send to my children. So in the tying the shoes example or lifting something or moving something or running fast, um, I wanna send the message, I believe you can do this. If I'm always swooping in and doing something for them because it's gonna take too long or um, I don't wanna have the patience to wait for them or um, I don't think they can do it, then the message that gets sent to them is, I don't believe you can do this. I wanna wait and be patient and let them struggle through it just a little bit to send that message of, I believe you can do this. So self-efficacy expectations, helping them to develop those beliefs that I can do this. Psychological hardiness. Hardiness is comprised of the characteristics of commitment, challenge, and control. And according to research, people who are strongly committed to their activities view challenges as part of life to spur personal growth. Those that believe they have control over their lives were more hardy and resistant to stress. So helping them to develop this hardiness, part of that means challenging them, but then giving them control over that challenge. So maybe it's giving them a task and then giving them control over how they perform that task. A problem to solve. Hey, it's time to take out the trash. And not telling them really specifically how to do that, if it's developmentally appropriate but giving them the ability to figure out how to solve that problem on their own. Third, humor. Researchers have found truth in the biblical saying from Proverbs 17:22, a merry heart doeth good like medicine. The study found that with an ability to see humor in stressful situations, those people were less impacted by that stressful situation. So your perspective on the situation, the way you view it can be very, very important. I think about this specifically in the time of COVID-19 and this particular present moment in our history 
and how important it can be for us to be playful with our children, to really focus on putting aside the distractions of the news cycle and social media, work, and other distractions, and intently play with them. Play a board game, playing rough and tumble games. My last podcast was all about the importance of rough and tumble play. Having that specific intentional family time in order to, one, take our minds off of the stressors of the day and also help them take their minds off those stressors, really connecting in relationship with our children through humor and play. Lastly, emotional support. Research has also found that support from trusted family members and friends decreases the level of stress and depression that people report experiencing in the last month. I think of this emotional support as empathy, striving to listen and understand what the experiences of our children are. When it's really young children, that may, the way they communicate their experiences may come out in their play. And so joining with them in pretend play and uh, viewing that as a way to understand what's happening and how they are working through the stressors of their day. And then if you're, you're working with a teenager or uh, have a parent, you're a parent of a teenager, really seeking to understand by listening, empathy, validating, and understanding where they're coming from and what their experiences have been like. So these are some different ways that you can help your children to manage stress. You can even challenge them using stress by being intentional about pushing them just a little bit further beyond what they're capable of. So, send those implied messages using self-efficacy expectations. I believe you can do it, and I'm going to help you and be here present to walk you through this process. Develop psychological hardiness by providing a challenge for your child and then giving them control over the way that they complete that task. Use humor and playfulness. A merry heart doeth good like medicine. Engage with them. Put aside the distractions and engage with them in playful fun and even rough and tumble play. Emotional support. Provide empathy, understanding. Join them in their world, whether it's through play or listening, to develop that relationship that helps them to manage the distress of the day. I hope this short little meditation is helpful for you in understanding and being intentional about how to help your child manage distress. Thank you for listening to the Connected Family Podcast. We're dedicated to helping you build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. If you'd like to continue the conversation about how to help your stressed child, please join our Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash the Connected Family Podcast. This group consists of additional resources, discussion regarding episode topics, and support for building a connected family. You can also follow us on Instagram at Connections Family Counseling, or our website at connectionsquincy.com.